All right. Good morning, everyone. It is currently 11.42 a.m. It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021. It is another clear day in Seattle today. I see the, the blue sky peeking through some clouds here and there. Um, the past few days this week have been pretty hot. I leave my house in the morning wearing a coat because it's freezing, and then I have to decide whether or not I need to dress lighter because it gets super hot in the afternoon. Uh, today, I have David Domke joining us. Good morning. Hi, Julia. Hi, David. Good morning. <clears throat> so what are we here to talk about today, David? So we wanted to talk about, and it was your good idea to have this, this to do this episode, about just the kind of plans for that CP has around events and traveling and the way in which we think about COVID today. And it's, you know, we're a year and a half into this experience and we, we have a pretty good kind of sensibility about how we as an organization want to, to function and operate. So this is a good moment to, to do a podcast about this because we're going to do an event on Thursday the 16th um, at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's going to be a Zoom event where we're going to talk about the philosophy of CP travel and what our plans are for 2021 and 2022. So this podcast is kind of like a stepping stone towards that event. Absolutely. So this week, David, we had a few cancellations due to COVID-19, correct? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Um, so we, on Tuesday, two days ago, we had somebody important in the CP community test positive for COVID. And um, leadership in the organization had just spent some time with them over lunch, uh, seen some sites in town. And uh, we just, we didn't feel con greatly concerned about our exposure because it had been outdoors and we had all been wearing masks and those protocols make a difference. Um, but out of an abundance of caution, we decided to, to change two different events. Tuesday night, we had a, a meeting scheduled with the, these folks and some other people in the CP community. That was going to be a dinner in someone's home out in the backyard. Um, and so what we did is we, we kept all of our staff uh, and these the COVID positive person away from that event. And we did the dinner remotely in which the people who were attending who had no exposure at all, they went and go and went and had a wonderful backyard lasagna, um, whereas the, all of the staff and this the person who'd been positive, we just joined by Zoom and we made it work. We made it work. And, you know, there, it was it was community in a different way. And then because of that exposure on Tuesday, we also didn't want to host our in-person version of our state team fields, our state field work teams um, event last night. So we had already been planning for a hybrid where it would be part in person, part online. So we just pivoted it entirely to online. Um, so we're good. We're good with all of this. Um, and we've shared that information with the community. But we want to tell you a little bit more about what went into that thinking. And Julie, I want to get, you know, you, you and me to talk a little bit about how you process it and have made sense of it all. Oh, absolutely, David. Thank you for sharing that with all of our listeners. Yeah, so um, I initially heard the news as soon as CP leadership got the call. Um, we were unfortunately at a staff meeting at the time in person. Um, and as CP leadership got the call, they left the room for about five minutes and then they came back and they 
told us the news. And um, at first, I think a lot of the CP staff were a little shocked, maybe a little concerned um, just at the initial hearing. But, you know, Charles and David and Larcy made themselves open to any questions. Um, staff, of course, had many questions. And after a while, we were uh, told to kind of like disperse and um, go home and quarantine and be safe. And I after processing a bit, I think I felt a lot better. Um, I know that we were taking the appropriate steps, wearing masks, um, social distancing, quarantining after the possible exposure. And for a lot of the staff, it was secondary exposure as well. So obviously um, there was more concern for people like David or Charles or Larcy um, who had that primary exposure as well. But over the past few days, I, I, I know a lot of staff are getting tested. I have my COVID test scheduled for tomorrow, but uh, so far I've been monitoring my symptoms. I have no symptoms. And so far from what I've heard from other staff, everyone's doing well, there's no symptoms. So I think we've all handled the situation as responsibly as we can. And I think we're all doing pretty good. Yeah, that's, 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 that's really in, uh, useful and interesting to kind of hear you talk it through. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is that the person, the person who tested positive for COVID, it seems to be doing okay. They're, they're not feeling great, um, but they, they're vaccinated and this is a breakthrough case. And what we know about breakthrough cases is that they tend to not be as serious as for unvaccinated people. Um, it doesn't mean you don't get sick, but it means that you, you're able to handle it your body in a much better way, like a somewhere between, for most people, between a bad cold and the flu. Um, and my son had this about three weeks ago or a month ago, and we went through this, my wife and I and our family at that time. So when this occurred, we really, I kind of already had a template in my mind for what it was possibly going to be like. And the very first thing is to make sure the person who tests positive um, is safe and okay, and then is quarantined. That has to be done. And so we did that right off the bat. Um, the second thing then is for those of us that are had any exposure at all to, uh, to go get tested. Now, the CDC recommendations are that if you are vaccinated and you're exposed to somebody with COVID, you do not need to quarantine unless you have symptoms. None of us have exhibited symptoms yet, but out of an abundance of caution for the entire organization, we're all going to get tested. And I'll be going here actually in a couple hours today to get tested just for peace of mind. And also so that we can tell other people with integrity that we had that test. Um, but the first, first, first thing is that that person is okay. They're, they're getting taken care of. They're totally okay at this time. So that's really great. Once you kind of solve for that, you begin to address everything else. Um, and so that's when we, we made, started to make some decisions about the organization and about what we, what we should do. And we, we, we are, we are erring on the side of greater security and safety here because of our investment in the community and our respect and love for everybody. Um, and so we feel like we've made the right choices, um, but it does take a fair amount of organizational nimbleness and pivoting and, uh, and uh, stability. And so I want to talk about that in a second, because that's really kind of what we thrive on at CP is the ability to, to make those pivots. Um, but I do want to uh, talk a little bit more about um, the kind of protocols that we have in place um, for a situation like this. So you're saying, first of all, 
uh, Julia, that when, as soon as we knew, uh, as soon as Charles and Larcy knew, and then they shared it with me, we came in and we, we talked to all of you in that moment right then, right? So the first protocol is you gotta share the information with others. That is how you treat each other with respect and integrity. So, you know, that wasn't a great moment, it's a scary moment, but we came right in and talked to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was definitely a scary moment, but for me personally, and I know the rest of the staff probably feel the same way, I really appreciated the promptness of hearing the news. Um, there wasn't any hush-hush. It was very transparent right off the bat. As soon as they knew, the rest of the staff knew, and that's something that I really appreciate, um, that sort of transparency that Common Power Leadership has. Yeah, and so on that respect, we want to be we wanna share a document that we have that we call our COVID protocols with the community that we've put together that is gonna guide our travel plans for this fall uh, and for 2022. Because we believe that we need to do as much work as we can do safely. That's kind of our working mantra around COVID, as much work as we can safely. And so there's no, no environment that is without any risk. Even getting on an airplane all by itself, separate from COVID, carries risk, okay? So there's no situation that is, not, that is risk-free. It's a matter of doing it as safely as you can and weighing that against the impact of the work. And so we are committed to, to taking learning tours. We are committed to, to doing voter field work. Um, as long as we can have protocols in place that, that make sense scientifically, um, and that we feel respect the community. So we not only pivoted on those two events, we also delayed a learning tour with Action Academy um, crew leads of which Julia, you were part of. And we've delayed that because we were actually gonna be on a plane right now, uh, flying to Virginia to spend five days there learning about the history and the current realities of politics, all part of leadership development for our young people. And we are going to do that trip. It's just a matter of when. We hope to do it within the next month. But we needed to not do that in this second because protocol number two is you, you make sure that all of the kind of uh, people get tested and you get the right information. And we just couldn't, couldn't take that step. We don't have that information in time to make the trip right now. So we delayed that. So we will always pivot towards delay and postponement if there's any concern about safety and so there's disappointment right julia i'm sure you're disappointed but we had to make that pivot at that moment because we just didn't have enough further information and security to move forward right absolutely uh yeah of course um hearing news that the virginia action academy trip was canceled was disappointing but i really appreciated the caution i appreciate the being safe rather than sorry. And I know that even though the trip's delayed, it's not gonna get delayed too far out. And I also know it's still gonna happen. So I'm I'm excited to take the trip at a safer time and, and also possibly be able to have more participants that are comfortable with joining us on that trip as well. Sure. And we have a learning tour with uh, what we call the CP Now Volunteer Community scheduled for the 22nd to the 28th for Virginia. And we have shared with them um, I, I, AJ and I, who are leading that tour, have shared with them our intent to, to do that trip, that we believe our protocols handle this, that this situation actually serves as a little bit of a trial run for us. And we, we are very, we believe that what we have as a practice is the way to go. Um, so we, we are pre 
uh, not only preparing to, planning to make that trip. And our field work in Virginia this uh, shortly after that, at the end of September, and then again at the end of October for the elections, we are definitely planning to do that until we get to some moment where it is no longer safe. Then we will pivot and do everything remotely. But we will, we will move forward with plans until and unless we hit that moment. We did at this time, so we pivoted. We will pivot in the future if we need to, but we will also plan to do the work. Absolutely. Um, our partners are still on the ground. They're still doing the work. So we, we, here, we are here to support them. If they're doing the work, then we're going to do the work as well, and we're going to support them as best as we can while being safe and making sure our staff and volunteers are being safe. Sure, totally. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the pivot that you and I did, Julia, on Tuesday, because we were going to have a dinner at uh, one of our at the home of one of our really great supporters. Who it was going to be about 20, 25 people were going to be there, all in the backyard, and she had invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for it. Um, and we had people come in from around Seattle to come to it, and so we, you and I, decided that we would we would have all of those folks meet still. And that the, all the staff would just not come in person to, to, to bracket all potential exposure. But what was what were some of the things you had to do to make that pivot all in the course of about an hour and a half? Oh, of course. Um, so for that, it was a dinner party. Like you said, that was at Terry's. It was going to be outside. Um, so I was supposed to actually head over early, about an hour early to go and set up. Um, and we found out about the news right about an hour before that event. So right when I was about to leave, I decided to wait a few moments and then I heard the news um, and then we had to pivot everything. So I had arranged for some really delicious fruit and cheese platters to be picked up from Metropolitan Market. I was going to swing by and drop those off at Terry's and I was going to help her set up everything. So instead of that, David and I hopped on a call pretty immediately with Terry and we told her the news. She handled it like a champ. Terry was super understanding. Um, she was like, what can I do to make this easy? Um, and I asked her to pick up those, those fruit and cheese platters and she said she would do it after the dinner. And then um, we set up a Zoom call so we could still tune in virtually and safely and still be a part of that dinner party. And so what also happened with that dinner party is with a lot of those fruit and cheese platters, we actually ended up finding better homes for that food to go to since half the participants were unable to attend anymore. So we found some really great organizations that needed and could use those platters and we donated them instead. Yeah, we also took a little bit of that food, which they had just kept chilled overnight, um, and gave it to the folks who, the person who tested positive for COVID, who's quarantining, right? So, and you know, this is where the community comes to life. And this is why we are really believe that phraseology of further together. The, what, what we've done, Julia, this has only been, what is it? It's Thursday at noon, roughly right now. Right. It's only been, it's been 46 hours since we, since we got this news, we pivoted two events, held a great online state team fair last night, had our community rally, have moved food towards the folks that are that are not feeling well, have moved food towards other people in our community who could receive that. Um, this is the the pivot. We use that word. It, it's the nimbleness. It's the 
the dexterity, it's the creativity that an organization has to have in COVID if you're going to be an impactful organization. And we want everybody to know, I want everybody, so this is David speaking, I want everybody to know that our organization, our staff have rocked this. They absolutely have, from Charles's leadership on top down to all of us, we have rocked it, we've risen to the challenge, and it's just, it's the kind of thing that only increases confidence in ourselves, instills in ourselves, and we hope you all feel that about us too. Oh, absolutely, David. Those are some really great points. Um, I also just want to emphasize a little bit more about how we're taking care of our community at this time. So, yes, one of our community members got exposed to COVID, but also we are taking responsibility for, you know, booking them hotel rooms, um, making sure they're quarantining. We're also, we also within 48 hours, David, as you said, we've, we've set up a meal plan. So we've had really wonderful volunteers come together, offer to make and bring or buy food over to them to ensure that they're being fed, that they're, we're taking care of their health. And we're also watching out for our community members. So shout out to those volunteers. They are wonderful. You know who you are. So thank you very much for supporting our community during this difficult time. Yeah. So. This Thursday, like I said, next Thursday, a week from today, we're going to do an event. Charles is going to be leading it. I'm going to join him. We'll probably have some of the people who've been part of this experience chime in. But about our COVID plans, our COVID protocols, we'll share a document. Charles has some kind of general philosophical positions that outline our beliefs as an organization. Um, and we're going to walk it through with detail. That, that transparency, that information is what we do. And then everybody gets to make their own choices. Everybody's an adult here. You get to make your own calls and that you get to do so with full transparency and information. Um, so please join us for that. That event is on our website, on our events page next Thursday. Uh, but Julia, I do want to probe a little bit further with you. Um, so, uh, you know, a month ago when my son got, when our son got COVID and my wife sent me the, uh, the screen capture of his COVID test because she had gotten the results. And she sent it to me, and we, I, was, I, was, I saw, it, saw it as a text, and I just I texted back, oh, my. That's what I texted back. And she said, yep, come on home, and we'll talk about this um, and what we're going to do. And, you know, I'm fortunate to be married to a person who is absolutely stone-cold calm in these kind of environments and has been through so many things health-wise that she already had a set of plans and ideas and in places, and I learned a lot from her. Um, but I know at first it was nervous. It was like, what are we going to do? And we got to tell people and it's kind of awkward and all of that. And actually we came through it with so much grace and generosity from people. And we got so much kind of stealing of our own resolve to live into this world and to not let this, we've got to learn how to live with this. So what has been kind of the high level process for you as you make sense of this and as you talk about it, like to a friend or to your parents or whoever about what that, this kind of last 48 hours has been like for you? Oh, absolutely. So we'll start back at that staff meeting. When I first heard the news, um, like many other people, I was I was to say I was shook <laughs> um, because it's scary. You know, it's scary to hear about the possibility that you've been exposed to covid. Um, those first few hours after you hear the news are pretty scary. Your heart's beating. Your hands are kind of sweating. You have a lot of questions. You're like, oh, my God, am I am I going to get sick? And then <clears throat> the thoughts after that are like, OK, well, 
am I going to get sick? And then am I going to get the people that I love and care about sick? At least for me, that was my second line of thought. I was like, okay, am I going to get sick? And then next, am I going to get my family, my roommates, my partner sick, you know? Um, and then, and then David and I chatted a lot. We chatted a lot about my worries. Um, I talked to some of the CP leadership, um, Charles and stuff about my concerns and they were really pivotal, pivotal in, you know, kind of rest, reassuring my anxieties and keeping me calm. And one thing that David really emphasized to me is like, he was like, okay, we can be anxious. We can be worried, but what's important is what we do from here on out. So, the morning after, um, we hopped on the call with the people that had been exposed to COVID. We asked them how they're doing. David's amazing wife, Lisa, was there. She was there to offer reassurance. We were like, okay, how can we get you guys food and what supplies do you need? Um, and then it was really just like bang, bang, bang. What what do we do from here on out instead of kind of just wallowing in that fear and anxiety? It was kind of like really pivoting. What are we going to do about this? How can we keep us safe? <laughs> So I really appreciated um, the caution and, you know, canceling some of the events, even though, like, we're pretty much about probably 95% going to be okay. Um, there's still yeah. that extra, like, measure of caution from leadership, and I really appreciated that. Um, yeah. There was, like, constant communication about what was going on, updates, how we're pivoting. David was there for me throughout all of it. So over time, I kind of looked. I started to calm down and I was like, you know what? This is going to be okay. Common power is handling this great. I feel good. Um, I monitored my own symptoms. I was like, Hey, like I'm totally fine. Um, I was just worried about leadership. Um, but you know, over the past 48 hours, I think I'm, I'm feeling great now. I'm, I'm not too worried. I, I'm almost certain that my COVID test tomorrow will come back negative, but you know, we're, we're always out here staying cautious. So. I'm feeling pretty good now. I'm really excited to go on the Virginia trip. I woke up this morning and I was like, I'm going to call all the restaurants and I'm going to confirm that we're still going to eat at these delicious places because I'm so excited <laughs> to go on that trip. So I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, thank you, David, for all of your guidance and your advice and just your amazing leadership through all of this. You've, you've done a great job. Oh, Julia, thank you. It is a great to be on a team with you in our donor work and our community work. And we're part of the bigger team that is CP. And, you know, the relationships and trust that we all have, it, it is real. It is genuine. And it's rooted also in these kind of moments. Um, one thing I want to just kind of make sure I close the circle on. So the people that were initially exposed to the COVID positive person were Charles, Larcy, myself, um, and Charles and Larcy's daughter. Um, but for Charles Larcy and their daughter have all tested negative. They are all in the clear. Um, I'm about to get my test. Um, having been through COVID scares, uh, we have some home tests as well because of my incredible wife's on top of all this. So I, I'm not the least bit concerned. I'm feeling none of those symptoms. But I'm going to go get tested because I, I owe it to the community right. before I have any, in any interactions with anybody. But just want you all to know that so far there's no spread. Uh, and we will we will be you know update people if that changes and the folks who have who the person who did have COVID doing okay and another person who is close to that individual um, is feeling like they have a bad bad cold right now so we'll keep people posted in terms of all of that um, but just would love to have you come next Thursday we'll record that if you can't make it we know it's Yom Kippur and so we'll record it um, and 
what you're hearing folks here is Julia and me talking through kind of an experience that we've had. And we're doing this podcast because we want to be on this journey together with everybody. We don't need to tell everybody everything, but we do need to make sure that everybody knows with enough information to, to make safe decisions. That's our commitment to you always. Absolutely, David. We're, we're always further, further together. So yeah. yeah, I, I really wanted to do this podcast episode because I want us to be transparent, honest. We want to let you, the community know what's going on and yeah, join us on this journey. Absolutely. Julia, you're rocking it. I appreciate your values and what you're doing. And uh, thanks for doing this with me right here. Oh, absolutely, David. So I think that's about the end of this podcast. Um, today's podcast was real. It was real. But you know what? Sometimes we got to have podcasts like this. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Feel free to reach out to me or David if you have any questions, any concerns about what we've talked about today, any comments. We, we love hearing your feedback on these podcasts. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're signing off. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.